want something more, more meaningful moments, opportunities, deeper relationships, and memorable experiences? Do you want to make a difference? If you said yes, a career in real estate could be the opportunity you're looking for. Guiding people through one of the most important decisions they ever made. The purchase or sale of their home can be both rewarding and lucrative. Exit Realty has a revolutionary compensation model, training, and technology that provides you with the tools you need to start and build your successful real estate career. Call me today, Mimi Eubanks, your country realtor, at 843-730-3327. That's 843-730-3327. Or visit exitlowcountry.com slash joinexit and make your exit today. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Exit Strategies Radio Show. I am your host, Corwin J. Millett, broken owner of Exit Realty Low Country Group in beautiful North Charleston, South Carolina. If this is your first time listening to this show, you, sir or ma'am, are in for a treat because our mission here is very simple. That is to empower our community through financial literacy and real estate education. We're legacy building. That is what we do. So if you're out there making things happen with your family, for the generations yet to come, you know, our word teaches us to leave a legacy, to leave an inheritance for our children, our children's children, and so forth and so on. We want you to put a hashtag on that thing that says that you are legacy building because that is what you are doing. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Anchor FM. You can also find us on Instagram at our website, ExitStrategiesRadioShow.com. You can catch us in a number of different places on your favorite podcast applications. We appreciate you listening. Please share this content with your friends, your family, your co-workers, even those in your groups, your church groups, etc. Guys, because sometimes the message and the word that we are speaking here today is for you. Sometimes it is for someone else that you know. Again, we appreciate you listening. Let's get started. So good morning, good morning, and great morning, guys. Welcome to another fabulous episode of Exit Strategies Radio Show. Hey, I am your host, Colin J. Millett, broken on of Exit Realty Low Country Group in beautiful North Charleston, South Carolina. So, hey, if this is your first time listening to this show, you, sir or ma'am, are in for a treat because our mission here is very simple. That is to empower, empower our community. Through financial literacy and real estate education, guys, we are legacy building. That is what we do. So, guys, look, we've been on this fantastic voyage, so to speak. I think some of y'all may have just went back to the song on that. Come along for a fantastic voyage because that's where we're going. Guys, I'm excited, super stoked. Been all around the state traveling this past week. And in turn, I am amped because I've been with some great people and we have an amazing person on the show with us today. And look, I got a tickle out of this and hopefully you will too. We have none other with us today than Lori Bartman. She is the CEO of small.big. I love that. That gives me a tickle right there. She is a business transition expert and certified in acquisitions and mergers 
Lori, how are you doing today? Corwin, I am awesome. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. So, so as I was prepping for today's show, so I'm going to say this, but you got to give us kind of the high level of who you are. But as I was prepping for today's show, all I could hear in my mind is exit strategy. So if you don't mind, you being the business transition Sherpa that you are, tell us who you are, where you came from, and what do you do? Thanks so much for having me on and for this opportunity. I am the business transition Sherpa. I work with business owners from transition to transaction, from creating value to letting go. Easy to say, hard to do, right? And a lot of these topics are like, oh, we can't talk about that. I'm going to retire someday. Let's not talk about it. I might sell my business. Oh, can't talk about that. Or, gee, I really fear what it's like to not be part of my company. I have my identity. I'm not going to say it this way. But the emotional side, we don't talk about it until it's time to talk about it. And when time is on your side, you can create more valuable exit options and be able to be satisfied and happy in your next. So that's my mission as a business transition advisor and mergers and acquisitions advisor. Transition to transaction, right? That's the whole continuum. And I wrote this book that's pictured behind me. If people are watching this on StreamYard, they'll see it. It's called The Business Transition Handbook. So I'm excited to talk with you about all of that today. So for our listeners, guys, hopefully I'll be able to manage this today because I'm super giddy about this because there is different mindsets. There are mindsets Laurie, that people, they build it. Building a business is hard. Let's start with that. It is hard. And that's investor, that is real estate, that is Fortune 5. Any company that you build, it is difficult to build. And most times we don't plan to ever stop. I have this running joke, and I'm going to say this, Laurie, and come back with a question because it relates to real estate, that a lot of real estate professionals will fall over at the closing table trying to get that one last deal done. That'd be the final one. That's their resting spot. And in turn, because we don't plan to get out. So we build a company, we build a brand, we build a client base, but we don't put a succession plan in place. So you name your book, The Business Transition Handbook, How to Avoid Succession, because there has to be something after pitfalls in creating valuable exit options. You got to get hung up on exit. So tell us, if you don't mind, what was the catalyst for this book for you? So many stories of where things go wrong. And my mission with the book is to help business owners not fall into those traps. Mm -hmm. Every chapter is essentially a pitfall to avoid. That's why I structured it the way I did. I was writing it and I was building a lot of stories from my podcast, which is called Succession Stories. And a lot of times business owners come on the show and they're looking in the rearview mirror and they're sharing things that they didn't know, problems that they had, things that went wrong. And mm-hmm. we learn a lot from those stories. They're incredible. I find fewer of the, hey, here's what really went right. And I use these stories as an opportunity to educate. Of course, there's content in every chapter and we learn from the chapters. Then I weave in these case studies. And I also make each chapter actionable. Every chapter ends with summary takeaways and a table of, well, what's your intention? What are you going to do? And I tell everybody how to use the book. 
start in the beginning. Read it all the way through. I organized the chapters that way on purpose. Corwin, you use the word mindset. That's exactly where I start. I started it with talking about a transition mindset. Mm -hmm. If we are participating fully, do we think we're going to get a better outcome? Probably. We're resistant. We don't really want to do it. We're throwing up all kinds of obstacles, reasons why this won't work. What do we think is going to happen? The real trap comes when we don't have time or we don't have options. So examples, case in point, every business owner is going to leave their business one day, period. Every business owner is. That's just human nature. We are going to leave. Are you going to leave horizontally or vertically? That's sort of the tongue-in-cheek question, but let's unpack it a little bit. Do you have a contingency plan for what happens if? whether you've died or whether you're incapacitated and you're no longer able to serve in your current role. Many business owners do not plan for that. And Mm -hmm. by the way, we really don't control that, do we? No. (laughs) So that I would call the emergency contingency planning. And of course, death is an extreme example of that. But we also see it with divorce Mm -hmm. when it causes a, a rift in the business. We also see it with things like COVID where it created a tremendous disruption it could be a physical disaster. So there's the, what we call the five Ds. No one likes the Ds. The Ds are horrible. We want to avoid them, but we need to plan for them and, and what happens. So that's the contingency exit side that we don't control. Mm-hmm. But when we do control, when we're purposeful about it, we have intention. That's the word succession. You used it a couple of times. And yeah, it's in the title of my book, but I want to talk about succession in two ways. Succession of ownership and succession of management. And my book is largely about the succession of ownership. However, it's tightly tied in. Let's take one of the pitfalls as an example. A major pitfall for many business owners is if the business cannot thrive without them, that they have a very owner-dependent business. Mm -hmm. And a dependency can show in a couple of ways. It could be sales and marketing, product or service delivery. A good check-in is what percent of revenue has come from you, the owner. If it's more than 40%, take a step back and look at that. And Mm -hmm. if it's 60, 80%, whoa, it's really dependent on you. Mm -hmm. Can you take a vacation? When's the last time you took one? Did you really unplug? Did you check your email? Did you check your phone? You know, check in on these things. Do you have people around you, whether they're full-time or contractors that know your processes or your processes documented? You get the idea, right? What are those things that we can identify that points us to having a business that is owner dependent. If we can identify these things and be honest about it, then we can work on it and we can solve it. I don't want to say it's easy, but it's one of the easier pitfalls we control mm-hmm. that we can mitigate. So, Laurie, I'm going to jump in right there, but we got to keep going. But jokingly, with a degree of seriousness, I just felt attacked. <laughs> 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 but you said uh, you had some vacation, but it, but you were working, so I wasn't yeah, going to poke it, you on that. But it, yeah, exactly. I, I just felt attacked. <laughs> <laughs> and for our listeners, I need you to look at this open mindedly. Some of you, as listeners, have businesses. Some of you are aspirational to have a business. Some of you have no aspiration. But succession is not just in business. Succession is also in life. Laura, use this. Feel free. This- <laughs> This is how you set your business up for probate. That's what you're doing. What's going to happen if? But your book, chapters, you've touched on 
the specific pitfalls, one of which is not, first of all, not even having a mindset of planning to leave. I've been quitting and retiring about every year for like the last 10 years. <laughs> every year. What does that look like? Give our listeners other potential pitfalls that you've encountered as you have been leading people through these transitions. The biggest thing I think you can do to recognize potential pitfalls is look at your business from an outside-in perspective. Mm-hmm. If a buyer was going to look at your financials, would they see consistency of expense categories year over year? Would they see a mess? I'm a fan of QuickBooks. I, don't get me wrong. It's okay to have online bookkeeping services and keep it real tight. That's fine. I'm not saying everybody has to go get quality of earnings, uh, financial, uh, hire a big accounting firm and send 30 grand. I'm not saying that. What I do advocate for is have clean books. Mm-hmm. And that way, you're not going back to all these prior years and having to find and hunt and pick out, oh, yeah, when did we spend that? And here's where it matters when it comes to financial recasting. A potential buyer is going to look at your financials. They were going to want the last three years of tax returns. And with COVID, I'm seeing people requesting 2019 also. Mm -hmm. So it's more than three years of financials. They do want to see what happened in 2020. They want to see if you've come back after a dip. And what Mm -hmm. does the years, you know, 22, 23, what is that looking like? That's important. Also, when someone like myself is going to do a business valuation, one of the things we do is we identify what one-time costs might be that mm-hmm. a new buyer might not take on. Mm-hmm. It might mean it's not, it not, it could be recurring. It doesn't have to be just one time. But what are expenses that a new buyer would not continue? And where mm-hmm. might they cut some things from the budget? How mm-hmm. can we identify that for them? We call those ad backs. Also, on the revenue side, if it's a big, big client that's not going to repeat, we should take that out too. So it can be revenue or expenses. And in particular, owner's expenses. So this is a bit of work that I would say it's good to work with someone like myself whose work does valuations and we take an objective look at that. We recast your financials to get to an adjusted profit number. Mm -hmm. That number is the number we're going to use with a multiplier to say this is what we believe the range of value is. Mm -hmm. So the cleaner your books are, the user that could be. So for example, I had a client who is a construction, they do residential construction mm-hmm. and he built himself a barn. They had landscaping services. They had snow removal, but all of those costs were bundled into the main expenses of the business. They were mm-hmm. personal, but they were bundled in. And I get mm-hmm. it. I'm not saying companies shouldn't make those decisions for tax savings, but just remember the big picture is if we can't identify them later, you might be saving 30 cents on a dollar, but you might be costing yourself $3 in value. Mm-hmm. So financials is really a good place to start. Okay. So you may mention of QuickBooks. So you need accounting software. You need something, something, someone, some way to track expenses, revenue. So you can get down to quote unquote every month or periodically profit and loss. What does that look like? So you can show your progression, if you will. Um, your profit over whatever time period that you want to analyze, year over year, um, quarter over quarter, et cetera, because some businesses ebb and flow. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. Another pitfall, if I have the time to share with you, many companies want to sell past their peak. It's difficult to time the market. It's very difficult. But imagine the value that a buyer would perceive if they perceive your business as having a lot of growth potential. 
mm-hmm. as opposed to being on the other side of that curve. So I've had folks come on my show and talk about that. And there's well-documented books from founders who have timed the market wrong and made what they'll call a bad decision. And they have a lot of regrets about it. So what I just heard, I'm sorry, not to cut you off, but to kind of give our listeners a metaphor for this. You want to sell the bulls when you got Michael Jordan, not after he don't go into the Wizards. That's right. (laughs) You are still winning NBA titles. That's when you want to sell. There's so many stories, Corwin. You just feel for these people. You know, there's one gentleman came on my show and it was a Y2K related software company. And man, was their value on the rise prior to the year 2000. But as you got closer and closer and closer to the year 2000, what happened? That's right. And it balanced out and then it began to decline. That's right. And eventually there was no market for the company. He uh-huh. did have to uh, declare bankruptcy. He did get a divorce. He did go into depression. And it's really sad. So I do want to talk about regret for a second, too. Oh. Um, you know, your sports analogy. So Wayne Gretzky, hockey great Wayne Gretzky, said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And it's true with regret. You can either regret the things that you do, maybe you made the wrong decision, Mm -hmm. or the things you don't do. Mm -hmm. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I didn't, you know, in the context of this conversation, I didn't prepare soon enough. Mm -hmm. That is the number one thing I hear from people on my show, that if Mm -hmm. they could do anything differently, what would they do? They would say they would start transition planning sooner. Everybody says it. Here's the secret. If you work on all the things that I've identified in my book, Uh you're going to have a more profitable, more enjoyable business to run. It's all good. It's all goodness. It's good stuff. Don't wait till the end. It's like when you're going to sell your house and you renovate your bathroom the year before you sell. You're like, damn, I should have renovated my bathroom 10 years ago. Yes, you should have and enjoyed it. (laughs) I do the work. I renovate it now and now I'm going to get rid of it. So I won't even get a chance to enjoy it. That hot tub I put in the backyard, that swimming pool I put in, I've only been in it once. And that was when it first went in. I didn't get a chance to enjoy it because I sold the house. So you're exactly right about that. So most people that I know that endeavor in entrepreneurship or desire to have a business, two things. One, they believe that they can do a particular thing better, whether it be service or product, that they can do a particular thing better. And the next piece of it is most of them desire to have a more control in their life. So they desire the freedom to make the decisions to do this or not to do that. We know as entrepreneurs that perception of freedom often isn't, doesn't match what it actually is. The business, whatever it is, your entrepreneurial desire, that business that you start is going to require more attention and more time than you may have imagined in the very beginning. However, when you get it balanced, when you grow, when you leverage, because you got to leverage yourself into the business, by hiring people, expanding growth, all that stuff. When you get leveraged, then you can begin to take some of your time back, so to speak. Most people, again, do it, quote unquote, for the freedom. Most people don't think beyond, well, I want to be free from it in the future. I want the business to continue, but I don't want to have to be here every day running it. That is every time I go out of town, like my phone, like leading up to everybody wants everything like right then. And while I'm gone, I'm trying to figure out how to get it all done that they asked me for before I left. Now, when I'm here, it's not necessarily quiet, but it ain't ringing as much as it is when I'm about to leave town. (laughs) Everybody wants something when I'm about to go out of town. 
And we still manage, we leverage uh, with help and with people to get it done. But what about when you want to take the vacation and go around the world? What does that look like? What does a plan look like? Who's going to run your business? Who's going to do this? Is that one of the things that you kind of cover and talk about in, in your book? Yeah, absolutely. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. And that's one of the things when you talked about freedom, you mm-hmm. know, we create our business because we want independence. And that's a very powerful desire. But then as the time goes on, like you said, even if you're Tim Ferriss and you created a four hour work week, mm-hmm. why did Tim Ferriss sell his supplements company? Mm-hmm. Because of that saying, heavy is the head that wears the crown. It was always on his mind. And also, I think that it's powerful for us to distinguish business owners from owners of a business. If you own okay. a business, yeah. you're more arm's length. If you're a business owner, that is part of your identity. Another example is, let's say your name is on the door. So you certainly have identity with that. If it's mm-hmm. a corporation, if you're the founder. Mm-hmm. And the identity is a really important part of it because it's more difficult to separate. Some people build a business to sell it. They have that intention from the beginning. Built to Sell is a great book by John Warlow. I'm a certified value builder advisor, which is his company. So I totally think from that same song sheet that if we have the intention from the beginning to create an asset, right? A business is an asset. If we think of our business like an asset, not just a J-O-B, right? It's not just a job. I'm not finding fault here if anyone who does have their business is their job. That's okay. But we're going to have different expectations on the other side. That's all. Mm-hmm. Many businesses that intend to sell in the very, very low, in the low, called the lower middle market, or even another quote, common term is Main Street, businesses that are under a million in revenue, many of those businesses will close because it is a job, because it is a lifestyle business. Mm-hmm. But if we can find buyers out there, great. And there are marketplaces for those types of companies. The larger your company gets, a million, two million, five million, ten million, and the longer you have, uh, timeline-wise, it's not a startup, it's a proven entity, and it has a ability to transition to another owner successfully, it will have more value. So inherently, mm-hmm. more mature companies can benefit from, over time if they put things in place to have a transition. If you think I'm talking about the startup that's venture-backed and, and has all this recurring revenue, I'm not talking about them at all. Mm-hmm. That's not covered in my book. The one area I will say, though, is recurring revenue versus one-time revenue will have a higher impact on your valuation than you know just the one time that we can't count on. I do go into some fair amount of detail of that in the book. Yeah, no, it's a complicated topic, Corwin. There's a lot of reasons why we can have a business that's worth less than we think it is. I really appreciate what you just said about business owner and owner of a business. So I have that scenario, having interest in another company. In that situation, I am a owner of the business. I'm not engrossed by it on a day-to-day. My partner in that is. (laughs) However, over here, I am the business owner. So I am engrossed in it. And I am working on this side because I see the comparison And I'm working on this side to try to duplicate, if you will, my role that I have there, which is to become more of the owner of the business and less engaged in in this, 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 where everything seems to center 
as a business owner, sometimes nearly everything centers you become as a coach of mine has said, John has told me over the last year, you become the center. Everything comes into you. You need to be able to remove yourself from that and everything still work. That's a hard thing to do when you're in the middle. So you got to figure out how you can get yourself out. So that yeah, is- that, we call that a hub and spoke business. And that is another pitfall. I have some ebooks on my website that are great resources for people if they want to start to unpack this a little bit more and start to think about solutions. A is detection, right? Identify. Are we in this situation? And then the second part of it is, well, what do we do about it? So if they want to go to my website, you know, more than happy, they can download them for free if you'd like me to share. This is the perfect place, Lori. Give people your contact where they can reach you. I just hit the website, but I'm not going to steal your thunder. I want you to tell people how they can reach you, get in contact with you, because there's a lot more here to discuss and for them to unpack. Yeah, absolutely. They can go to the businesstransitionsherpa.com. They can get my podcast. They can get the book, buy it on Amazon. You can click from there to Amazon. And there's eBooks. So there's a whole resources section, transition resources. And that page has, I don't know, probably a dozen eBooks on it. Like I said, feel free to download those. And the other thing I want to mention is the handbook. The Business Transition Handbook has exercises all throughout. And what I did, Corwin, is I took all of them and I put them in a separate PDF that people can download for free. So if you get the Kindle version and you still want to have something to mark up, mm-hmm. go to my site, download that PDF so that you get all the exercises. It's a digital toolkit that goes along with the book. So you can track your goals and really work on it. That is awesome. Lori, thank you so much. So Lori, I call this a mic drop question. It may require you to think back a little bit because you've been doing this a while. You are the master, the guru, um, and helping people to transition from, okay, I'm doing this all the time to, I don't want to do this, or I'm ready to sell this off. And what does my life look like after? So to get to what the dream is, if that makes any sense. But my mic drop question is, If there was this thing that either you or something you could have told someone like a long time ago in the very beginning of whatever it is they endeavored to do, that would have completely changed their trajectory, meaning that they would have arrived at the destination much sooner. What is that? I think being honest about their goals. I think there's a level of self-reflection that people don't have time for or just keep pushing off. It's the important, not urgent thing to do, to really think about what's important for you as you're building your business and why you're doing it. And you might find that you're compromising your goals at some point and you're saying, oh, wait, that was really important to me, but now I'm going to change my mind. But if you've never written them down in the first place, then what makes us think we're going to accomplish them? I like that. What I immediately thought about is when you get into business, you know, the dream, the ambition, the I want to do this. And then most times you think, well, I want to do it this way. I want to make sure that this is the experience that I'm giving or this is how people feel or whatever it may be. I want to have, as I say, often impact was a significant word to me last year. I mean, it is still a significant word this year. I want to have an impact on the people that I serve. I want to help them. I want to have an impact on them. And in turn, there are times when the end result, we lose sight of having the impact. We're so intent on getting to the end result that we miss the opportunity 
in the service to give, provide, to be instrumental, to impact people. So, Lori, thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Thank you. So we've quickly gotten to the end of today's show um, for our listeners. You know what I'm about to do. So I need y'all to go ahead and get your minds and your hearts prepared for that. But Lori, I want to say to you one more time, thank you so much for being on our show today, for taking time out of your very busy schedule to drop these jewels and these nuggets on our listeners. So from the bottom of my heart, again, thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Corwin. It's been my pleasure. For our listeners, guys, y'all got it. Y'all need to take it. Y'all need to do something with it. And the next thing y'all need to do is tell somebody else about it. Y'all know how I feel. Y'all know what I say. You know, I always put the two of those things together and I say it to you this way, which is I love you. I love you. I love you. And we're going to see you guys out there. No streets. Guys, that was a great show today. And we thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Exit Strategies Radio Show. My name is Corwin J. Millette. Yes, that is me. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in for today's episode. Exit Strategies is my baby. It is how I give back to our community. It is how I foster goodwill, spread good news, and trustfully help you get great results. Guys, as I always say to you, as I always say to you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And we're going to see you guys out there in the streets.